What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and adults, fantasy fans, sci-fi fans. We are two Dans, me, Dan Selke, he, Daniel Roman. We are both the editors at WindersComing.net, and we are here to talk about all things sci-fi, fantasy, movies, television on Take the Black, your weekly deep dive into all of those things that I just said. And today, as usual, we have a a, a panel plea of interesting items to hit. Um, Daniel, are you excited to get into some of the multiferous things we'll be discussing? That's so many things, a panoply, multiferous things. Uh, yeah, I am. I am actually extremely excited because uh, there's some big stuff that just dropped today that we're going to talk about always. But I think there's we've got some stuff to get through before we get there. So what's on the docket, Dan? Where where are we starting? And okay, well, how are you doing? Are you excited for the stuff? I'm glad you asked. The first thing on the docket is Andrew Haley. And by the way, hi everybody. Hey Margaret. Hey Andrew. Hey Nicole. Hello, Andrew hello. asked, "How's my eye?" Quick update. <laughs> Skywatch. I got a steroid shot yesterday uh at the doctor should be the last time i think next week the style will be completely gone i think i'll have two normal eyes for the first time in months i'm looking forward to it so much this has been such a journey i will never think of styes the same way again i'll think of styes period i never knew what they were before <laughs> i'm looking forward to that but in terms of what we have to talk about let's start as we often do in westeros on the set of House of the Dragon, HBO's Game of Thrones prequel show that is filming season two, even though um, writers are on strike, actors are on strike. Somehow they're soldiering on over in the good old UK. And what we're reading now is that most of the filming, the outdoor filming is done, but they've really built out this giant set on uh, the Leavesden Studios lot in England, which will be important actually later when you talk about how they're able to keep shooting, even though the strike is there. They're shooting in England. Yes. We have this picture here of this gorgeous lot. Uh, you see the red keep on the right side there where they filmed a lot of scenes in season one. Uh, they built onto that a bit. The new stuff is most of the stuff on the left side, the kind of white walls and um, just the general not red buildings. That's uh, the, the one on the right, out of the Red Keep. They do a ton of stuff in the Red Keep. You, you can actually see um, the Godswood tree where Alison and Rhaenyra hang out over on the far right there in the little courtyard where Kristen hmm. almost killed himself, you know, where a lot of fun stuff happened. The left stuff is pretty much new. 
So we've seen some, it could be the streets of King's Landing. It could be other cities. It looks like King's Landing to me. It could be Castle Courtyards. Um, Always fun to see what they're doing. And it just shows that they're really gearing up for, I don't know, new scenes. Like we saw some outdoor stuff uh, like Alicent and um, Helena riding through the streets of King's Landing in like a physical city. Perhaps they're picking things up on a set. Uh, Cool to see. We also have a picture of just, you yeah. know, just for you f- from the other side, just so you can see the beautiful uh, images that brave souls, soldiers on the front lines of spoilers are putting their lives in the lines to bring us. Daniel, do you like these kind of sneaky peeks behind the scenes of a popular show? I do. And I I mean, I appreciate that they exist. I'm usually not one to be like, yes, let me look at the leaked set photos like just for my own personal preference but it is cool to see you know on a on a show we're following this closely like house of the dragon just new sets that they're putting up looking at that first one i i do agree with you i think maybe that's some like streets of king's landing or something Mm -hmm. but you know it's early it's early to tell so yes i like them but i i'm with leaks themselves i'm usually not chomping at the bit how how about you i think it's cool i mean it's not like this is a leaked photo of you know alice yes. stabbing rhaenyra in the neck or anything like big and spoilery that, that doesn't happen <laughs> by the way you know it's a city although fo- some folks have speculated that because yeah. they're building out king's landing so thoroughly that the season might end with rhaenyra taking king's landing which she does in the books eventually yep yeah eight episodes seems quick to get to that maybe Maybe like the final episode, like the final part of it, or perhaps their ability for other things or to keep it around for future seasons, because you can always use a King's Landing set on a show set primarily in King's Landing. Martha asks, where is Leavesden Studios? I don't believe it's in Wales. It is in Watford. Does that mean anything to anybody? It's in Watford, England. (laughs) I don't know where Watford is, but I don't believe it's in Wales. Me looking this stuff up. It's not in Wales. We're not in Wales. Yeah. We're in England. Yes. Yeah. That's it's it's definitely interesting to see see hmm. these these sets going up. I don't know. So you brought this up, Dan. That House of the Dragon is still filming. Yes, I did. Do you have any feelings about that? We'll, we'll explain how they're able to do that. Oh, bef- before before you answer, Rhaenyra taking King's Landing. I knew there was something I was forgetting. I've always thought they might end season two that way. I agree it with you that eight episodes sense. is short. But I think it would make sense. So we'll see what happens. But so Strike, how how are you feeling? I mean, okay. So right now, Hollywood has basically shut down. It's a very interesting time. Like, there hasn't been an yes. actor's strike and a writer's strike at the same time since 1960, I think, when a young upstart named mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan led the union and then spun that off into a notable political career. It's interesting times. No one really has been here who was working back then. So they're all navigating different ways. Many shows have shut down, like The Sandman shut down filming, Interview with the Vampire shut mm-hmm. down filming. I'm sure most shows shut down filming. How so that there have been a couple yes. of shows that are still continuing. Like it, it made sense when the writer's strike happened and House of Dragon still filmed. Because I'm like, okay, they have all the scripts written. I technically, if the writers have done the work, you can still film. 
and we talked about like you want writers on set but like you can it's doable comparatively without actors you figure like well that's it right game over like you're not filming scenes where Rhaenyra and Allison chat if you don't have Emma Darcy and um, Olivia Cook there you just can't do it so how is it possible Daniel I think you've been saying how is it even possible for House of the Dragon or any yeah. show like like Dune the Sisterhood is, is filming too another HBO Max show when actors are on strike how yes yeah so the way that this shakes out is basically that some of these productions you know so the united states the actors uh guild here is called sag aftra sag aftra uh-huh. is on strike so any u.s based productions or productions that primarily employ sag aftra members they're not allowed to work even if they want to they're they're not allowed to right now because that's the way a strike works uh-huh. however the uk has its own entertainment professional guild called equity which represents actors artists you know basically professional entertainment people and equity they are not allowed to strike in solidarity so they they have said they support SAG-AFTRA but basically the UK has very strict anti-union like anti-strike laws. So if you strike mm-hmm. in the UK, you can be sued directly or fired. So basically actors, if they went on strike for something like House of the Dragon, they would be opening themselves up to be able to be sued direct, like as a person by HBO, unless they fulfilled their contractual obligations. So that's how shows like House of the Dragon and Dune the Sisterhood are able to film. Even though Dune is not filming in the UK, it has a contract with Equity, uh, the the UK union, because Mm -hmm. it employs a lot of people who are represented by it. And it's the same deal for House of the Dragon. So even if some of those actors are also in SAG-AFTRA, since they're in Equity, they are not allowed to strike. So that's the gist. So House of the Dragon, not only is it still filming, they would probably get in trouble if they stopped, which is kind of nuts. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I have some follow up questions. I'm a little unsure of this myself. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to note that equity is different than actors equity, which is a different union, Correct. which represents theatrical yes. actors in the U.S. That's confusing. That's on the English. I'm just saying that. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I guess my question is, so. Are you saying that actors who are in equity, the British acting union, performing arts union, they are not allowed to strike in solidarity? Could they strike separately? Like if they if if they decided that they had problems with the BBC or the studios or whatever, whatever group is representing the studios over in Britain and they wanted to strike themselves or they just can't strike in solidarity with another international other union? So uh- preface this by saying i'm not an expert in uk labor laws no, uh, but my under my understanding is that they cannot strike period so it's not even i i know i said in solidarity but it's not even mm-hmm. that it's if you strike in general this is the potential repercussion for you 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 have no the way it works in the us is there are protections there are like codified protections so if you strike you cannot be uh penalized for striking the uk doesn't have that um so this is it's not even equity specific it's like uk labor laws would prevent this kind of strike so yeah not even an in solidarity thing i don't think equity could even strike if they wanted to without potentially serious repercussions and given how the studios have acted throughout the strike so far it 
seems like those repercussions are, you know, that is a very real possibility that if people went on strike, they might have sure. problems. It seems like they're they're really pulling out all the stops. I don't I don't know if you saw this, but Universal is having a labor grievance filed against them right now because they've been like ripping up the sidewalks outside the studio. They cut the tree the tops of the trees off so the the strikers wouldn't have shade. Um, and apparently those are like cool. L.A. town managed trees. So now they're in trouble uh, for doing <laughs> stuff like this. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. So that's the gist with House of the Dragon. That's how it's allowed to keep going. We're still waiting to hear on some other shows like Wheel of Time. Like Wheel of Time might Mm -hmm. fall into this category too. And they were supposed to be filming their third season. But we haven't heard anything yet. Um, So yeah, that's the general gist. It's just so, so weird to me. It it sounds like England doesn't have like a labor movement at all then if striking results in lawsuits which would basically kill any attempt at unionization even though they have a whole party called the labor party like it doesn't really match up get with it england um yeah as nicole says so basically next year we will only have shows filmed in other countries with non-american actors to watch sounds like a weird loophole to me i actually wondered again this is two non-labor law experts speculating about what labor laws mean for uh, for, for actors <laughs> and writers all over the world it hit me yeah. like is that what why there are so many British actors in American movies? Probably not. But all I'm saying is that Robert Pattinson plays Batman and he's British. Tom Holland plays Spider-Man and he's British. Henry Cavill plays Batman and he's British. They stole all our superheroes. They're all British people. Why? Yeah. They're all our American superheroes. I, 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 I think, oh, Chris Hemsworth is our Thor. He's like Australian or something. Is that why there are so many Brits <laughs> in in American movies and TV? Probably not. But that, that, that thought that, that thought that probably not. To me. Yeah, can't hurt. I, I think can't hurt. But you know, Hollywood is Hollywood, and it's still the largest film industry and in, in the world, I believe, by I'm sure a significant margin. But yeah, I don't know. The UK generally has a a pretty good film industry and and has good practices for how it brings people up into it it functions much more like a business like an industry than in the u.s where there is a lot it's much more predatory in the u.s than the way the uk trains theatrical workers but yeah the the labor stuff i mean i (laughs) not speaking on this with any any huge expertise but i think historically the uk has had some stuff with with labor movements uh so yeah it seems like they just do not have great protections for that which is too bad it you know nicole's point of will we get a bunch of shows filmed in foreign places 
I'm sure studios are banking on that, to be honest, because shows like Silo for Apple TV Plus, that's another one that may still be filming. We're not positive, but it films in the UK and has a contract with Equity. So the jury is like very much out on whether that's still filming season two. So yeah, th- it is interesting times. Uh, like like Dan said, this is the first time this sort of strike has happened since 1960. Mm-hmm. And when it happened in 1960, that's what established the way that actors and, and writers were paid residuals, uh, which is basically their cut of ad revenue for reruns and stuff like that. Uh, it's what set up that system for them which has lasted, you know, 63 years or however long that all came about because of the 1960 strike. So there's a a very good chance we're going to see some actual change from this. But, you know, (laughs) jury's out until the fat lady sings. Yes. Some some actual change or the decimation of the profession. Um, Also, yes, basically, I, I, I have three things to say in quick succession. First, the 1960 strike not only established the way TV movies work, it gave us Ronald Reagan, a public figure capable of becoming president. And then True. the 2007 strike gave us Donald Trump. I just want to run the, this by because it, it led to The Apprentice. And then he ran 2016 to get to get popular again for a TV. And then he accidentally won. So, it was him. so this strike will give us the next president in some kind of way. We haven't known yet. We don't know what yet, like <laughs> President Fran Drescher. I don't know. One can hope. Second, I want to say, um, Andrew, cool. That is a great deal. He got the entirety of Game of Thrones on Prime Day for 60 bucks. Nice. Down from 240. Not bad at all. That's that was very smart. Deal. And third, I just want to say, England, land of contrasts. Like they have universal <laughs> health care but they don't have any labor protections. They have incredibly strong like libel and slander laws, but they have like the most muckracking media imaginable, way worse than ours. And they have voting, but also a king. So just like, what a strange, what a, what a charming country. <laughs> yep. You know, they're getting the, the best of both worlds in there, uh, which I guess works great unless you want to go on strike and then it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, so there are a lot of issues on on the table. One I just want to highlight for this, which is a big one during the strike that we're, you know, seeing be talked about in a lot of different creative industries. Mm-hmm. So Sean Astin uh, did a brief oh, interview sure. from the picket line. You know, Samwise Gamgee, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. when a membership member of the fellowship speaks, we listen. And he basically talked about uh, AI and how that is a, a major issue at the moment. And he basically said, I'm, I'm going to read what he said. Uh, he said, we're proud of it as in their AI proposal that the actors proposed to studios. Our AI proposal that we sent over was a product of great effort on behalf of experts that our volunteers are members of SAG-AFTRA. We all are struggling to figure out how we're going to deal with this new technology. And we pushed our deal across in good faith and the studios came back with bupkis. <laughs> they did not want to seriously talk about the fact that AI-generated characters or performances can displace actors and some people and background. So it's just, it's interesting to me to see like the media war for how, you know, different outlets are framing who the good guy and bad guy is during this strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we have Sean Astin saying they wouldn't even look at it. So that's, you know, they, they wouldn't even discuss it with us, uh, this idea of AI. So things that I mean, I I don't think anyone knows what they're going to do about AI yet. 
I, I feel like the yeah. people who are behind all the AI push don't know what they're going to do with AI yet exactly. Like open AI and I those agree. people. It's just so new. Yeah. And I do feel like folks have kind of been brushed up against the limits recently. Like everyone was kind of freaking out a few months ago and it became massively available. And then the hype kind of died down to the point where like it's mostly now used by middle schoolers to cheat on their homework. But who knows where that will and go. studios apparently. But no studio has like made an ai script or an ai actor yet although i figure it's a matter of time but no one's that to my knowledge tried why has someone done it well yeah so here's the thing with how they're trying to use this so 87 percent of the members of sag aftra make less than twenty six thousand dollars a year which is what you need to to qualify for health insurance so like 87 percent of their membership does not qualify for health insurance a large amount of them are background actors so think like professional extras and basically what studios were proposing is that an an extra a background worker can come in get scanned and be paid for one day and then studios can use that likeness forever in any project they want without compensation or asking the person if it's okay now that is kind of dystopian enough that that was the proposal on the table that the actors are pushing back against but since this news broke it has come out that studio some studios have already been doing that for years at this point Mm -hmm. uh so it's not like ai generated movies but think about like crowds being multiplied with extra people digitally uh the way they do that is scanning people's bodies and then multiplying them into crowd scenes at least in some some movies that's how they do it and yeah we're basically finding out that some studios have already been doing it and now they're trying to codify it so all of them can do it uh because ai is is bringing so much more attention to this type of technology so yeah it it is a you know a pressing issue right now it makes sense that they're all trying to tackle it and i do agree with you that i i think the studios and big businesses are trying to leave the door open for it uh, for them to take advantage of it, but they don't necessarily have a plan for, you know, how it's going to reshape their business or whatever. And I guess there's like things that at least in my head, don't feel like crossing a line too much. Like when it comes to like background actors, like I remember the Lord of the Rings 2001, them talking about like using software to create yes. big crowds of people like Peter Jackson, like that kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, that that, that revolutionized been, it. There have been fake crowds for decades. So that's like mm-hmm. so that's so that's m- more like a creeping thing and definitely if at the minimum i think if you if you use somebody's likeness you should pay them but there's probably a middle ground there i guess where folks are going to be more weirded out is going to be like here's a script written by an ai or here is a show where it's a completely ai generated i don't know just image like but then what's computer Mm -hmm. animation then like it's it's not yeah. that far off. We, you know what? Like the industry probably was using some AI type stuff for a while. It's just now yeah. it's kind of in the 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 public discourse, and we're realizing like where reality met behind the scenes stuff. We didn't really realize what happened before. So it's all a yeah. big kerfluffle fluff. And as to Nicole's great question about do we think strike attention for a long time, studios will rely on AI generated content even more. I hope we, I hope they don't go full Black Mirror. I don't think I'll just quite far enough <laughs> on to go full Black Mirror yet. But um, I, I I have to imagine someone will try just like fully AI script at some point to see what happened. But even that's going to require a writer. 
like oh, to, to start. Yeah. So maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I really don't. Nobody does. That's the problem. So um, I I hope they can just say, I don't know, if you scan a background actor, pay them like a writer has to be paid for a script. It can't be like paid less to come in and edit an AI thing, which I don't think would even work. Because look, I've used ChatGPT quite a bit to to like write these like prompts, like these fun kind of prompts for post. What if this and this write a thing about this? It definitely has limits, people. It's not like it can just do yeah. anything the same way anybody else can. So I, I'm not sure it's ready for prime time yet, but the strike will be the proving ground. Yeah. So I think, you know, the important thing to drive home, I think, with this AI tech is not necessarily the problem in in this sure. instance. It's not the technology. It's companies trying to use it to, like you said, pay people less, pay writers mm-hmm. to come in and yeah. edit an AI script, which is definitely something that has been floated out. Um, the issue with the crowd scenes, with generating people's likenesses, it's not even using it to do crowd scenes like lord of the rings like you mentioned the problem mm-hmm. isn't using their likeness it's having its studios retaining the right to use that likeness in any film yeah in perpetuity forever based on them signing a thing on one day you know good thing i got that hundred dollars that one day on set and now <laughs> the studios can use me and movies for the next hundred years which sounds cooler than it really is if you know acting is your livelihood and you should have a say and and how they do that. I don't know if you saw this, but it actually came out that uh, Hachette Audio, which is uh, they, it's a, one of the big publishers in the US, they're mm-hmm. doing an all AI poetry book. Uh, they just announced this like yesterday. Yeah, and sense. it's exactly what you said, where it's basically like two or three tech bros who had this idea to sure. do an AI poetry book. So they spent like a year. Uh, feeding prompts into this AI and editing it. So they're they're pitching it as this is AI's story, but really it's these people who edited the hell out of it for like a year straight. Um it's just such a miss like the fear around it I feel like is in the wrong place a little bit. Uh but yeah, it's kind of just like you said. I I don't think it's replacing people. I think some companies might like it if it would, because it's a trend right now and a lot of people are really interested in it and it could make them money and it could save them money in the short term. I don't think it would in the long term. I I would completely. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not going to replace people, but corporations are going to want to seize on this to pay people less. And I don't think they should be able to. As for Nicole's question, it's another great question. We don't have time to answer it because we do have other things to get to. But, Nicole, you you, you are asking to the heart of the question, how do they calculate residuals when shows are constantly streaming on so many different platforms? Well, that is what we're upset about. Or, well, not us. uh, That's what, yeah. Writers and actors in the unions. Um, again, they're not 100% sure, so they have to figure that out, and that's part of the reason there are strikes. Yeah, absolutely. God, it's going to get weird. And as uh, Andrew points out, they did use AI for the Secret Invasion opening credits, which, um, mm-hmm. well, um, if they want to judge how successful a show is based on that, maybe they won't use it anymore because no one's watching that show. But okay, we should yeah, move on. I hate those we other credits, to talk too. About. We should. I, no, I... I actually don't mind the credits. I think the credits are kind of eerie. Okay, I kind of like those credits. They look like garbage. <laughs> they look kind of uncanny and weird, which is kind of what they're going for. The show doesn't really live up to it, if anything, in my opinion. 
let's move on. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about The Wheel of Time. It's a show coming up, already yes. written, already filmed, already edited, coming out in early September, I think. And they have a new trailer. Why don't we put it on and give it, give it a, give it a, give it a little watch for season two of The Wheel of Time in Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting that there's a trailer. Uh, we're really looking forward to this. Or I, I am. I won't speak for you, Dan, but I assume the you're looking tower. forward to it, too. I am looking forward to it. The yeah, I like the show when it came on. Moraine is so, so sad. So, so sad. He's very sad. Randolph Thor, <laughs> just looking like he's, I don't know. This show is based on Robert Jordan's books. Was a cool first season. Sort of pandemic affected. Go ahead. Yeah, pause let's you want. pause on this. Pause on uh, those people with the light on their arms that we just saw. Yeah, there's a ton of crazy stuff in this trailer. Uh, so sure. like like Dan was saying, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. So The Wheel of Time, based on the book series by Robert Jordan, this second season is adapting a lot of the book The Great Hunt, which is the second one. And mm-hmm. one thing we're going to see a lot this season is this other culture called the Shan Chan, oh, who yeah. came from across the sea. We saw them at the very end of season one. And they have a pretty major role to play in things. Uh, so this shot right here, these are two domain, um, which are basically Sean Chan. So in the Wheel of Time, there are women who channel using the one power. Uh, so basically sorceresses. And the Aes Sedai, like, re- they're revered in the world we've been introduced to. But in yes. Sean Chan culture, they are enslaved uh, no. as children. Yeah, so these are some enslaved domain. You can just kind of see they have like neck pieces. That's what makes the enslaving possible. It's a magical collar, basically. Uh, what's up, Dan? I just want to say that I've been listening to the first four with of time books on tape, and they have pronounced it Domani every single time. So thank you. That's what's in my head. That's I probably. I'm sure that's right. To assume it, Domani. Yes, domain. Yeah. I, I'm sure you're right. I believe, who is it? Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. Uh, but, but yeah. So do we, do you, ha- do you want to talk about these guys? Do you want to continue? No. Rock on. Yeah. I enjoyed the first season. I thought it went over well. And I think the trailer looks really good. I think it looks expensive. I think it looks lavish. Yeah. Look at the landscapes. Look at the horses. And now that a show has... Pause on that. Pause on the dude and the lady. Uh, Randall Thor. The dude and like, the lady. Uh, Randall Thor. Kind of, yeah. He's looking like um, <laughs> tra- straight out of college uh, basketball draft guy. And and then is the lady Lanfear, the Forsaken? Is that her? I, I believe that's Natasha O'Keefe, uh, who, yes, we got some confirmation a while back that that is the actor playing Lanfear, so... Yes, is the answer to that. We don't know how the show's going to handle it. Uh, in the book, uh, Lanfear does go by an alias, I think, for part of the second book, uh, Celine. So oh, no yeah. idea how they're going to... They they We'll see how they tackle that. But yeah, that's the actor. So here we have Lanfear and Rand looking real comfortable. And of course, Lanfear is one of the Forsaken, who is... Big bad. bad uh, they were like the, these... Big, bad, nasty. Yeah, they were like the sorcerers sorcerers and sorceresses who were aligned and sworn to the Dark One during the previous conflict. Uh, They're very, very old and have somehow survived. Somehow, the Forsaken have returned. (laughs) Yeah, hit it. Somehow, the Forsaken returned. He's an important character. I hope they do her justice. This little cue ball head. Yeah, it kind of works for him. 
We got Moraine losing her powers. We yeah. got Swan Sanchez sitting on the throne. Juan. I agree with Nicole. The costumes yeah. look very good. The, the whole show looks good. Like, this looks better to me than the first season did. And the first season looked pretty decent, but it I feel does. like they've upped their game here. Like, the costumes, the settings, everything looks pretty lavish. Come on, I love that. Yeah. Pa- uh. Pause on that. Pause on the weirdos in the throne looking like uh like the <laughs> final boss of 300 is this the sanchen yeah. is this the xerxes. weird it totally does that, that that's what it's giving me it does the xerxes vibes are real from this shot uh yeah so some of these characters are sanchen one is interesting uh the middle one i believe we got confirmation on twitter a few days ago oh, is yeah. lady suroth who is one of the main Sean Chan that will be seeing this season. I do not know who the character on the left is. I, I just some other Sean Chan. I like who her is mask. Presumably. It's a cool mask. The character on the right. So this is it's it's hard to talk about him because Amazon can't decide what is a spoiler and what's not. <laughs> uh, so that character, we saw him last season. He's played by Faraz Faraz. Um, he is the they labeled him as the man or by Alzaman, the dark one. So he's there hanging out with them. And that's interesting to see him in a shot with the Sean Chan like this, because the Sean Chan are not just like under the dark one's influence. They have their own goals. And I don't really remember him hanging out with them too much in the book. Otherwise. Could could just be that I don't remember, but that that's interesting to me to see him there. I do I do love the production design. I love just how it's kind of it's clearly yes. a fantasy story, but it looks different enough from like a Game of Thrones or a medieval thing to stand out. Some interesting architecture, interesting outfits, interesting aesthetic. I I, I enjoy that. Um, let's see what else yeah. has in store. Keep it going. Sean Chan Mass. Those are Halloween stuff ideas popping off right now. And it's out September 2nd, is it? Gotta love channeling. September 1st. September 1st. Yep. You know, magic Egwene, by another Egwene name. Egwene and Ashan Chan. Yeah. <laughs> saw Moiraine uh, and Swan Sanchez making it. Yeah. Can we back up to uh, Moraine and Swan Sanchez kissing? Uh, Gotta got shout that scene out. Um, Pretty sure that's going to be a flashback. Oh, because Swan fun. Swan is wearing blue in this. So Swan is Good the Amarlin seat, which is the ruler of the Aes Sedai, the Aes Sedai leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has to wear white typically, but it's a stole that has all the colors, I believe, behind her. So Rainbow. Swan for her office has a very specific outfit. But before she was the Amarlin seat, she was a member of the Blue Aja. Like so mine. here we see her and Moraine both wearing blue. And we did see them kind of have a little bit of of a love affair in New Spring, which is the prequel no. novel, um, which is Wait, really? when they're both. Yeah, they're both coming up their their love story is canon from the books you don't really see it a lot because that's not yeah that's a canon thing they brought in for the show um robert jordan he didn't write it very explicitly because that's just how not what he did he didn't really write the 90s romance it was the 90s and this was a gay couple and i think he had a coded language for it like they're pillow friends i think is what he called them but they had a romance so we're gonna hopefully see that a little bit uh so just needed to shout shout out the flashback because that's pretty exciting cool yeah that, that's fun i love flashbacks all right rock on also good earrings i just like the way this show looks and i, and I think good it earrings. looks better than it did in season one which it I'm does here for. yeah i agree with that. Money. we got our 
Yeah, we got a glimpse of an uh, Avienda, the Aiel, there a second oh, ago, too. Cool. Wait, go back to that big city. Do you know what that is, Daniel? Because I don't. That's uh, fine. Keep going. Um, Who cares? Ooh, that was uh, Nynaeve which... kind of bursting out of the gate. I, I recall that from the book. Forget it. It's fine. This is like a, a long trailer. Just keep it up. The Avienda work. Okay. I like yep. this of Nynaeve falling out. That one, I recall that from the book. We got Rand shirtless tied to a thing. Sure, fanfic writers yep. do your worst. And in a hood. It just looks exciting. I enjoy it. Oh, the costumes yeah. are really good. And of course, yeah, we I have think... uh, Donald Nye replacing Barney Harris as Matt yep. Cawthon. Donald Finn. Donald Finn. Yeah, oh, re- sorry. replacing uh, Barney Harris. Very curious to see what he does with the part. I'm a little surprised we didn't see more of him in this trailer. Um, feels like he got short, short shrift a little bit compared to some of the other leads. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Nynaeve stumbling out of that arch. That's presumably that's going to be her accepted trial, which is yeah, a big scene that. from the book. That's when you're an Aes Sedai, it's a novice is their lowest rank. You wear white for that. When you rise to a, uh, accepted, you have to go through this this trial where you go through those arches and you Ooh. see visions. Um, so presumably that's what that is. But Nicely yeah. Done. So, Dan, what are you? You've talked a, a lot about the look of this season, which I agree with you. It does, I think, looks better, looks more polished than the first season. Liquor. What yeah. are you most excited to see in season two? I'm excited to be surprised because I enjoyed season one. The Wheel of Time book series, I'm still making my way through. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it more than I love it. Um, I can appreciate (laughs) the imagination and the craft and the kind of the sprawl. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a good opportunity, I think, to turn it into to kind of weed out some of the kind of more... um, fillery or just odd or um, maybe of their time bits and make it a story for today which I think think the first season did I really I loved the episode between that was set in the White Tower between um, not any of the names between uh, Moiraine and Swan Sanche the first I thought was really really good (laughs) I really liked it and I'd like more of that was my favorite it was my favorite too just like that kind of exploring characters and, and taking this wonderful foundation that Robert Jordan set up and all this wonderful money that Jeff Bezos has and combining them with some <laughs> kind of a, a new interpretation to give a really great show. I'm just going to uh, enjoy it. And Nicole needs a recap. We'd be happy to uh, supply that on Wick. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. The ball, yeah. uh, the cue ball the head idea, is a powerful magic wielder man. And he can he he's the chosen one, but he would rather not be. <laughs> and everyone's looking for him is the gist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so everyone's looking for him right now at the beginning of this season. Everyone thinks he's dead. So that was kind of the big lie that last season ended on. Uh, Rand and Moiraine went and did this thing by themselves. They faced off with that guy who we mentioned who... Uh, his name is Ashamael. Mm-hmm. It's Amazon's so funny. In one of their previous it's trailers, hilarious. I noticed they doctored a line in today's trailer. So in the previous trailer, there's a line from Moiraine where she says, we didn't defeat the Dark One. We set his 
strongest lieutenant free is the is the okay. line in the old version of the trailer and the new one it says we didn't defeat the dark one we set him free so they're they're trying oh. to be intentionally um ambiguous about who his shamael is uh but basically after that showdown moraine no longer has powers she has we don't know if it's permanent we don't know if she's just shielded she can't channel anymore as of the end of season one, which is a huge book departure that I'm kind of nervous about, to be honest. Oh. I really hate that as a trend of, you know, these fantasy shows having a powerful woman with sorceress you. and not knowing what to do with her. So they take away her powers. The Witcher did it, too. Um, but and so Rand, and Rand told Moiraine to tell all his friends he had died. So he's like living in hiding at the start of this, it seems like. Yeah, I'm curious and I'm excited. September 1st, let's hit it. Uh, let's move it along, Dan, because yeah. uh, we're coming up on 45 minutes here. We, 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 we've we been John for three quarters of an hour. Um, are you watching or reading anything else? And can you summarize um, it in like reasonably quickly? Yeah, what have I been watching or reading? Uh, I've been trying to watch Secret Invasion and man, I just can I've fallen asleep twice trying to watch that show, which never <laughs> happens for me. Like, I do not really fall asleep watching TV usually. I just can't care about it no matter how hard I try. Um, beyond that, I finished reading this book, Etherigrave, uh, by Essa Hansen, which was the third book Ooh. in her Graven trilogy. Really fantastic, uh, like space opera. It was super epic. I loved the third book. And now I'm reading a book called The Sun and the Void, which is like epic fantasy inspired by South American folklore. Very cool. uh, so that is also very cool. But I'm just into it. So jury's out. How about you, Dan? What, what have you been getting into? Nothing new. Uh, Warrior is still great. So watching that. Righteous Gemstone still enjoying that. We're watching Better Call Saul. Um, I'm going to see Oppenheimer nice. this weekend, I think. And I, I want to see Barbie too, but probably I'm, I'm not sure I'll do it both in yes. one weekend. Are you on the Barbie Heimer train at all? Uh, yeah, I really want to get on the Barbie Heimer train. Um, I'm a little sad that my drive-in here. So we have a, a drive-in movie theater, which I use a lot. And I don't know who there, why they don't have the Barbie Heimer playing as a double feature because they only do double features. So huh. I'm a little mad that I can't go see Barbenheimer there. Uh, but yeah, I want to see them both. I, I want to see Barbie more than Oppenheimer, if I'm being honest. Sure. So I'll probably see that one first. Oppenheimer first. I want to see that one a little more. And then I want to see Barbie too, but probably next weekend, if I'm being realistic. Um, thank God for yeah. those two things. Is anyone else seeing these things? And as Nicole says, Outlander is also is also good this, also good this season. That's true. Outlander has definitely oh, nice. been stepping things up a bit. I still wish part of me just wants them to just meet George Washington and like ride into battle with him. And just, I don't like the way that it continually teases the revolutionary war, but if you're going to do it, just put him at Ticonderoga, like something. I don't know. I guess they literally did do that, (laughs) but I have heard that it's, I think that it's more uh, snappy this season, which is nice. 
Yeah, I'm glad this season's doing well. I know last season was a little weird. And they did meet George Washington once, but it was like in passing. It was like, an, oh, do you know who you just talked to? That was George Washington. Uh, Frost so, the Delaware with him. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled him back in again, but I hear what you're saying. They do a lot of like towing around the big historical figures. They'll see them in the distance or they'll they'll say hi to them in passing, but they they don't typically put them front and center in the story for whatever reason. I'm glad um, though that it's I keep meaning speed. to watch Outlander at some point. People love it. All right. And as Andrew says, my favorite Superman, which I, I will get around to watching. I like that kind of stuff. Nice. That's just like a, a nice uh, half hour show that I can take in when I'm like folding laundry. Yeah. I, I love those kind of things. And yeah, that's been Star JP, Wars Rebels for me. Totally. I can see it. And as JP said for Oppenheimer, and it does have really good reviews. So you're more into Barbie than Oppenheimer, huh? Yeah, they're I, both I'm interesting. Intri- they both look good which like the movie industry must be thanking God for, because they've had some whiffs this summer. Yes. Like the flash bombed elemental was a bit of a um, no go, or at least not enough of a go. Even the little mermaid wasn't as like big as you'd think for a Disney remake. So the fact that there's a lot of yeah. buzz around Barbie and Oppenheimer is good news for Hollywood <laughs> at a time when they could use some good news. Yeah, it's definitely good news. Um, I think so part of it is just like world war two history is not really my fave. It's not something I'm like, Ooh, yes, I need to watch that typically. Uh, like I love Christopher Nolan, but my love, I'm a, you know, I love him conditionally. I'm not one of those people (laughs) where it's like, I'm going to watch every single thing he's made. I've watched most of them, but I, my favorites are things like interstellar, but that's sci-fi. So that's already in my wheelhouse more than something like Oppenheimer um barbie just looks it just looks like everyone involved in that had such a blast and they're so committed to the gag uh like you know margot robbie showing up to all these events dressed as various barbies and like you know making there be a pink day on set where everyone had to dress in pink and stuff like (laughs) that like it sounds fun uh you know i'm intrigued I I am more intrigued by that. I don't know why. I could I would never have predicted that this would happen, but I'm Honestly, happy for you that you're going to Oppenheimer first. Someone tells me to wear pink at work. I'm wearing brown. Like screw you. Who are you to tell me to wear a color to wear? Good lord. Um, that sounds fascist to me. So that's my opinion on sounds Pink Day. But uh, it does look fun movie. I did like um, the trailer when they're all kind of dancing part. And she's like, you guys have to think about dying. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah. And if you I had told me Severance a year ago, too. I'd be excited to see the, the Barbie movie. I would have told, told you you were a liar. Um, no, I mean, Coda Gerwig is, is a great director. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And as JP said, rewatch Severance also on my also on my list. Nice. I'm going to get through Better Call Saul, and then I think Severance. We can do that then. But so much to watch, so little time. Yeah. All right, Daniel. It's sh- true. So Nicole says that she found it odd that Barbie is PG-13, and the New York Post trashed it today. The New York Post has um, a perspective on a lot of events issues and topics 
And I wonder, not having read the full <laughs> review, I read part of the, the report's review to, to in the article I wrote, if that had something to do with why they didn't like it. And that's all I'll say. Um, anyway, Daniel, should we do the WIC News okay. lightning round where we go through uh, news stories we could fit into the main body of the show and give our 20 second opinions on each? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Sure. All right. Um, as usual, blah, 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 no order, blah, 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 blah. I will just go ahead and ask you first. Uh, Daniel. Okay. Ahead Hi. of New yes. York, uh, sorry, ahead of San Diego Comic Con, which like no one's going to be at because the actors are on strike and the writers, uh, Disney mm-hmm. released a sort of key art poster thing for their show based on Percy Jackson and the, Olymp- Percy Jackson and the Olympians, a Harry Potter like novel series that came out in the 2000s. Pretty? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with Percy Jackson. I think that's a great fit for Disney. Um, True. The timing is funny because they released this poster literally like the day after the strike was called. Uh, so <laughs> kind of funny to see how they're navigating some of their PR stuff to try to still drum hype. Uh, but I hope it's good. And I like the poster. Nice. So speaking of Disney, Disney CEO Bob Iger admitted that... Too many Marvel TV shows have, quote, diluted the audience's attention for the MCU. You think? Yeah, they have shot themselves in the foot. Secret Invasion is on right now. It's a big Marvel show with Samuel Jackson in the lead role. And like, no one's talking about it. And it's, it's. I'm watching it. Yeah. It's fine, but it's not like electrifying or anything. They, they've done this to themselves. They've overexposed it. There's just too much. Yeah. And they spent... 200 million dollars on that thing there's no way they're making that back they they have to cut back Same. they have to cut back what, what did they spend it on okay a, a a fun little topic daniel uh there's yes a witcher cookbook on the way from authors anita sarna and carolina krupeka yeah so this is fun uh i believe uh the, those two authors dan mentioned run a witcher cooking blog and they are doing an official cookbook. Uh, so this is in license with CD Projekt Red that does the games. So recipes from the games and books, not from the TV show. But it has uh, Anders Edge Sapkowski's blessing. He wrote the forward for cool. this thing. So I'm going to get it. I want to cook up some <laughs> witchery food. Nice. So we were talking about Marvel a second ago. It seems their solution to too much TV is more TV. They are airing Miss Marvel on abc this august so if you missed it on disney plus it'll be on abc what are your thoughts i thought i thought this was, that this was interesting because the whole point for a while was make as much content for streaming services as possible so disney plus is loaded on up but that's not really making them money yeah the way that so now they're going to license out a streaming show to normal tv i wonder if the streaming model is going to break down a bit and this is all very like tied up with the issues of the strike like and what nicole asked earlier how do you pay residuals on streaming services maybe you go back to tv i don't know something's got to give and i think we're seeing (laughs) some give yeah man isn't that irony if they pay residuals off of tv but they didn't pay residuals to these people off of streaming that'd be a a funny uh side effect of that there's a lot of irony up in here up here these days Oh, God, I forgot about Echo. Oh, God, yeah, just completely forgot about that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Another fun one for you. You got all the fun ones today. Uh, Daniel, the upcoming Star Wars Yay. show, talk about yes. overexposed, Star Wars The Acolyte will feature the first ever live action Wookiee Jedi. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's about <laughs> time. We've been waiting for this moment. I love Wookiees. I am a hundred percent all about this. This is the I best news Wookiees. of the day. Sorry, Wheel of Time. You're not Damn. better than a Wookiee Jedi. Okay. Strong words from an opinionated man. Yep. I stand by it. All right. All right. Wow. I guess I really, really put the buzzer to shame. I didn't even get a an honorary buzz to let me know. It was Says over. it all. Woo! So the fl- I don't know what maybe you can explain this because it just makes my head hurt and it seconds. makes me disillusioned with the world. Uh, the Flash movie is being released as an NFT. Yeah, it's it is available now as an NFT. So 20 seconds. NFTs were a tech fad that pretty much have passed where a, a digital good that you can replicate in every meaningful way isn't replicatable because it has a mark on it. So you can buy like this individual instance of the Flash movie, even though you can just download it or get a DVD like normal and it'd be fine. But you can, if you want some extra money, you can do it on an NFT. Um, It's weird. And it's, it's one of those things that was clearly like they made the deal when NFTs were still a thing. And now it's just coming out now, yeah. even though their time has passed, whatever it's done. It's weird. And finally, Daniel, I, oh, <laughs> this is also a not so fun one, but interesting uh, James Cameron, director yeah. of Titanic and Avatar, has confirmed that he is not making a movie about the Ocean Gate Titanic sub disaster that everyone was talking about for like three weeks straight uh, the other month. Yeah. Yeah. So James Cameron, in addition to being a filmmaker, he's like an actual very well established nautical explorer. Deep he's been down explorer, in, yeah. in subs. He's done a lot. Uh for some reason, somewhere the rumor came up that he was making a documentary about that sub disaster. He responded and was just like, I am not making that movie and I will <laughs> never be making that movie. I have zero intention of doing that. So that was he's just full. the rumor mill. Yeah. Yep. He's got better things to do. Well, he has more lucrative things to um, do. Yeah. Like make, yeah, make us five more avatars. And finally, the Game of Thrones studio tour in Northern Ireland uh, shows off sets, costumes, all sorts of stuff from the production. Apparently, it's struggling financially and changing owners. Yeah, um, this basically Game of Thrones museum in Northern Ireland, where they like at a studio where they filmed some of the show opened during the pandemic. They blame it on the pandemic and how people couldn't really visit Um, pandemic, low interest. Who knows? But it's changing owners. It'll yeah. still go forward. But um, the short version is this Game of Thrones Museum in Northern Ireland isn't as much uh, traffic as they, as, as, as they thought it would. So go there if you're interested. The Game of Thrones studio tour in Northern Ireland. See props, sets, and all that stuff. Woo, okay. I could not keep pace with the buzzer this week. But I had fun. Daniel, thank you um, for <laughs> uh, having a good time with me here on Take the Black. You know what? We'll have a good time next week. Always. In fact, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. No, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain, and noon uh, on the West Coast, 3 a.m. in Australia. Uh, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk more about, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV, all that gets we'll wait this gavel around some. Um, we're also available on, po- oh, and that's on the Winners Coming YouTube and Facebook accounts. We're also on TikTok. Follow us there. Follow us everywhere. Like us everywhere. Leave comments everywhere. We'd love it. We'd appreciate it. It's the best. Uh, we're also available to download wherever podcasts are available. Feel free to leave a comment or a like or subscribe there as well, just because, you know, it'd be nice. And until next time, uh, all is not as it ah. seems. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Hey, Gary. On.
This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. 